0: reality is there really isn't anything all that sexy about this draft i'm not
1: that fired up about it as we talked about
0: draft 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 Coming up in just six days in Las Vegas. Stop it, Miles! At least pretend (laughs) to care. Draft,
1: draft, draft, draft. Countdown, 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 countdown. I really (laughs) didn't want that. Florio and the drafts they love each other.
0: You know, I think it's interesting that they had to go back a year to try to tweak me a little bit cuz I defy you to find any content like that this year. Have I said anything anti-draft this year? Other than I don't like the idea that these kids don't get to pick where they go, but I haven't complained about the quality of the draft pool, the lack of drama, the lack of storylines. So, I have no problem. I have no problem with the poking of fun, but it doesn't apply this year. This is a new year. This is a new day. Well. It's draft day. Let's get excited. Okay. I am pro-draft. Okay. Other, well, than I, the fact, other than the fact that I don't like the process at all, and the kids should be able to pick where they go, and the whole thing is a show about nothing, and they could do it anywhere or nowhere, and it's all one big nothing burger that everybody eats up. Other than that,
1: I'm fine. All right. Okay. Wait. So wait. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. You're an emotional mess here. So hold on a second. Your whole life, you've been making fun of the the whole life you made fun of the draft. This is year what five or six? Not my whole life. Well, okay, our our last five or six years. I mean, we've had days where. The night before the draft, you go. I don't want to talk about the draft tomorrow. Okay, so how dare did I they say it this year? Assume? No, well, you just said it. You just said it. So you want? You it. know what I said last there night? Nobody. You didn't you want know to last make because you, you had not done I it this year, last but night? yet I don't know. I don't know.
0: But they they were. What did I say last night? I said, I don't want two segments about Rodgers. He's already big-footed the entire week. We, okay. we have, it's draft day. Okay. We don't need two segments about Rodgers. Uh, the Delicate hey, Genius is already taking over a page. draft week.
1: Maybe you're turning a page. We're trying to work with our Delicate Genius here at NBC Sports to make things work for you. So don't worry. we're We're getting there. All right, so relax. We made an opening. It was funny. I didn't do it, okay? But that's what your your MO has been. Now it's obviously a new mic, so we'll see. We'll be adjust. We'll, we'll make a new a new video tomorrow for the opening and how much you love the draft. That's fine.
0: <laughs> that's fine. I just felt like I stepped into a time warp. It was last year's draft day opening. I have a higher expectation. The bar has been set at a certain level. I didn't expect a rerun from last year's opening montage pete mailed it in
1: yeah well maybe that maybe that maybe they haven't you know saved all the clips of you complaining about it either so you know that just you know sometimes that happens too i don't know i don't have any new complaint it's the standing
0: complaint it's what they call when you're a lawyer a standing objection so you don't have to object a continuing objection you don't have to object over and over and over again can i get a continuing objection to the fact that these kids should be able to decide where they go, who they play for, how their NFL careers begin. It's all one big walking, talking, breathing, crapping antitrust violation that is made acceptable because it's a multi-employer bargaining unit and the union is okay with it Uh, of course it's awesome i was part of that union let's
1: keep it going and rolling it's the best thing we got in the entertainment business in the world and it's the best sport in the world and it's making the most money out of all the sports in the world so screw you and your point all right happy draft day (laughs) let me ask you this yeah let me ask you
0: this (laughs) campaigning for a job at the league office i see (laughs) let me ask you this 20 years ago when you were drafted right
1: where would you have gone if you could have picked the team you went to. Oh, I, the giants. I think that was the, you know, I was, yeah. ho- I, I was, I was hoping. Sure. But I mean, it didn't, it didn't like, I wasn't like, oh man, the giant, I, you know, I was like so happy that I was going to be in the NFL and start a new chapter of my life. And and just the honor exe- and a privilege. Exactly. Honor and privilege. Football is family, baby. I was getting ready to start that. All your favorite phrases were coming to my brain uh, when I was getting ready for that draft process. But then I fell on, fell on draft day to the third round when they used to do one, two and three all on the first day. And man, by the end of the third round, I was more like you. I was going, man, the NFL sucks. I hate the NFL. <laughs> I, <was mad. laughs>
0: I never said that.
1: I never said that. No, I, mean, I love I the say NFL. That. I know. I've given my life to it. I know. I'm I've given my life playing. to it. I are not say ways, that either. Let me
0: just – give me give me a, a – senator, yeah. senator, point of privilege, please. I I love the NFL. I don't want anyone to get it twisted. I have given my entire professional life to it. I've been a fan of the league for 50-plus years. But I also reserve the right to try to make it better for everyone involved. And screw me for thinking it would be better for the players involved if they had the ability to go where they want to go. Michael Mayer interviewed him yesterday. My favorite tight end in the draft. He grew up 10 miles from Cincinnati. He'd love to play for the Bengals. Sure. But it all has to fall a certain way for him to play for the Bengals. Bengals could use a young tight end. Yes, they could. But it all has to fall a certain way or they don't get him. Joey Porter Jr., dad played for the Steelers. You could find pictures in less than 10 seconds on Google of – Five-year-old Joey Porter Jr. wearing his dad's jersey at Super Bowl 40. He'd love to play for the Steelers, but it's all got to fall a certain way for him to have the chance. That's all I'm saying. There are circumstances, there are examples every year of guys wanting to go to a team that would want them, but it all has to work out through this process of dibs. Anyway, anyway, the dibs begins tonight. Everybody loves it. It's funny because I was doing a radio interview this week, and I got into this discussion because I think the guy asked me about it because he had read Playmakers. And I made my case and he said, you know what, it is a compelling case. It really is, but I still love the draft the way that it yeah, currently that's operates. Right. So sorry, <laughs> me
1: too. <laughs> sorry, that's right. We've
0: <laughs> all been brainwashed. And look, I I, I I'm looking forward to it. I'm trying to figure out where I'm going to be tonight. I'm going to go down to the barn. How am I going to set this up? Can't wait for it to get started. Oh, we know who pick number one is, unless we don't. You know, I like that tiny little twinge of doubt, even though I know it's not real. And then the draft starts at number two. Who the Texans going to take? Good job, Nick Casario and company, for keeping everyone in the dark. The league office, very happy with you about that. And then everything goes after that. There is a mystery to it that makes it compelling. And if they would change it, and I acknowledge this, if they would change it to the kids picking where they're going to go, there's no way you could replicate this night. You can't get everybody to keep their mouths shut about it and then have them unveiled one after another. It's impossible. It's impossible. We would know the tentative deals – that are being done between the players who are picking the teams, just like we know kind of in advance with free agency. We know in advance where guys are going to go to college, and there's no way you could thread all 32 or, for tonight, 31 needles at the same time. So anyway, it starts at 8 o'clock Eastern tonight, draft day, countdown clock. Activated right up, put it on your side. To, uh, all right, you 12 got hours. His hours. Side. He loves it, it so
1: much. Put it over there. <laughs> <sighs>
0: uh, okay. Before we get to actually productive draft talk, the guy there it is. Hello, I feel better now. I feel comfortable. I feel home. Good. The draft day countdown football family is beneath me. Let's get back to the guy who, boy, I could say a lot of things there. The guy who has big-footed the entire draft week, given the fact that the trade happened on Monday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, press conference. Yesterday, Aaron Rodgers, officially a member of the New York Jets. And you know how we know it, because we got the perfunctory slow-motion walk into the facility. We can't have (laughs) regular speed. I love it. Regular speed doesn't look good. (laughs) We got to have slow motion. We got our first glimpse yesterday morning of Aaron Rodgers wearing his Jets hoodie. He's got the short hair. He's got the shades. That's not the one. That's Woody. Oh, Woody. No, that's from Woody's account. Woody Johnson there. But there was the prior one where it reminded me of the Nicolas Cage walk-up. with he's on the sidewalk outside the the facility. Sleeveless t-shirt and the long hair. Right. Everything's slow motion. There's Christopher Johnson. There's Robert Sala. There's his buddy, Nate Hackett. Everything's great. He gets the real hug. Everybody else gets the dap. But Nate, Nate Hackett got the real hug from Aaron Rodgers. Okay, so 2 o'clock Eastern yesterday, they gathered. And these things are fascinating to me because when it was Tim Tebow, they did it in a big room. They did it in an auditorium, and they packed a place, and people were standing. They did this in their regular press room. And, and, and let me I, – I, I was – I don't know who all was in there, but there were multiple rounds of applause during the Aaron Rodgers press conference. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the PFT writers said that like there were team employees in there. Yeah, team. there was. You could but see it. I again I'm I'm not I'm not a classically trained journalist and it shows every hour of every day. I I probably would say that the writers shouldn't be clapping. <laughs> the people who cover the team shouldn't be clapping. At the Aaron Rodgers press conference, but I, I don't know. It just was. It was odd. I can't think of many other press conferences where I heard clapping yeah. multiple times, yeah. not or once, even once. But it was multiple times yesterday.
1: No, I, you're right. I mean, it did. It did. It did look like in the few shots I saw when they panned to the you know the media and, and all the 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 kind of the forum there in that media room that there was employees there. So there is that. You know, again. Some of those people, you know, those cameramen, you know, even the beat writers who are, they're Jets fans too. So, you know, I think it was a celebration day, right? And yeah, it does seem a little weird, especially if it was like national media people collapsing. But I'm sure they did too because they just felt like, hey, there's happy vibes here in the Jets building. And Woody Johnson kind of encouraged it right after that first comment he made. I think that deserves a... A round of applause, and that kind of started it. And then you're right; it was like one or two other times we got it after that. But there's your slow mo, the new Jets version of Aaron Rodgers walking in Broadway Rodgers, right there. I like it. So I don't know. I had no problem with them clapping, but you're right; it was a little different or weird. You don't you don't see that during a press conference uh, announcing a, a new guy to a team like that. And look,
0: it helps set the tone because I wasn't necessarily expecting rogers to be thrown to the piranhas but i was expecting something slightly more pointed and slightly more aggressive than we got it really was slow pitch beer league softball sunday it was the the Aaron Rodgers introductory press conference it really was and there was no one there who is beyond the boundaries of usual coverage of the team or the league it was all locals i think the only person who was there that isn't local Jets beat writer, Josina Anderson asked a couple of questions and she pressed him a little bit. We'll get to that, but she pressed him a little bit on whether or not he's going to be there for the off season program. Brandon Marshall was sitting there front row. He didn't ask a question. I don't know whether he tried to. That's the other thing too. It's not like everybody who wants to ask a question gets to ask a question. It was shorter than I thought it was going to be. They cut it off. That's what a PR person will do. Two more, two more questions they only have to make him available for as long as they want. It's sure. not everybody gets to ask a question or everybody gets to ask two questions. And that's what's odd about it. Sometimes you'd like a little more access than that. But for now, that's what we got. So it began with Aaron Rodgers talking about his decision to become a member of the New York Jets. Here he is from yesterday's introductory press conference.
2: A big reason I'm here, i got to mention, is Nathaniel Hackett, who's here uh, hack and i became really close friends for three uh, <clears throat> excuse me three years in in green bay and i love him like a brother and i believe in him and i'm uh, really happy to be back working with him again i grew up watching old vhs tapes of uh of the super bowls and so obviously i know about the guarantee and and broadway joe been a while since then i noticed uh walking in this morning that that uh, Super Bowl III trophy is looking a little lonely. Uh, There's some iconic names that have played here, probably none more iconic than number 12. Uh, And I heard what he said about unretiring his number, but to me uh, 12 is Broadway Joe and I didn't want to even go down that path and I'm excited about going back to my college number. I'm not here to be a savior of any kind. I'm just here to be uh, the best quarterback I can be, to lead authentically and to inspire the guys around me to raise their level of play to uh, to an even greater greater spot.
0: There are many things that can be said. Let me just say this. I don't know why Joe Douglas and Robert Sala were there. I don't know why they had microphones. <laughs> they didn't get asked a single question. You're right, yeah. They were just accessories. Right. They were bodyguards. bodyguards. <laughs> I really do think, I really do think they were doing their damnedest to not create a scenario where Aaron Rodgers is thrown to the wolves yeah. of the New York media I and he you. actually acknowledged it multiple times oh I've heard things about the New York media I'm excited to work with the New York media he had a little clip that's floating around that was almost intentional or not homage to Tim Tebow he used excited boom boom pretty quickly when talking about the New York media it was almost like he doesn't really mean it, but he's putting on the best possible face so he doesn't stir up the New York media prematurely. He's trying to get the right relationship, but it's never going to be any better than it is on the way in the door. No. That's the reality. Yeah, whatever we saw yesterday, that's the high water mark. Unless they win every single game, unless there's nothing that he can ever be questioned about, it's never going to get any better than it was yesterday. It's only going to go down.
1: Yeah, it, it was a, you know, like we were saying a minute ago, it was it was a happy day. It was a celebration day, and you know, no, yeah, there was no real pressing on certain topics or, or, you know, we got a little question about the history with the Packers. I know we'll dive into that and, you know, the phone call and the lack of communication between him and Guttenkust. But yeah, it, it was, it was, it was a happy day. He did his best to kind of bridge the gap between him and the New York media and, and the Jets fan base. I thought he did a very good job of that. You know, yeah, he was open. He's natural. Listen, he's I I think he's very good in those settings. That's the one thing, again, I know the last year or two we can all probably agree that he's, you know, been a little more free and that's rubbed people the wrong way. And, you know, even I'd sit here and go, Man, there's days where I go, Oh gosh, we gotta talk about Aaron Rodgers again. I get that, right? But at the same time, the one thing I've always respected about him is really his, his openness, his honesty. I like that about him. And not that he went totally open yesterday, but, you know, he's he's easy to talk to. He's got some thoughtful answers, and, you know, I thought he embraced the history of the franchise in a nice way. He, you know, a very smart guy, as we know, he's very aware of Joe Namath and the history of the team and all of that, and did a good job of, you know, embrace, trying to embrace the fans and knowing how passionate they are and... And uh, bringing that up, bringing up Fireman Ed. I mean, yeah, those are the little things that'll go a long way. It's as good as it's going to be right now, like you said, but hopefully you can keep it up in that range with, you know, making yourself available, uh, being good to people, all, you know, a- answering questions honestly. And then hopefully he does the right things on the field that it can keep that perception up there at a, at a high level as well. Some of the things he said, too, were also contradictory now we
0: played a mashup of different things that make the contradictions more obvious one significant contradiction in one breath he says i'm not here to be a savior and then in a prior breath he says that super bowl three trophy is looking pretty lonely out there so he's not the savior but there haven't been many guys that have come through there who have even mentioned the elephant in the room. They've only ever won one Super Bowl. And, oh, by the way, he's only ever won one Super Bowl, too. His ring is pretty lonely. Their trophy is lonely. His ring is lonely. Let's see if we can double the fun for franchise and for quarterback. But that's a long way down the road, too. And I know everybody's caught up in that. And, again, the NFL and its teams thrive on the selling of hope it doesn't have to be real hope. It doesn't even have to be plausible hope. It's just hope. That's why the draft is so popular. The draft is popular because fans of every team, except the Dolphins tonight, hey, maybe they'll trade back in. So they're engaged too. Mm-hmm. But the fans of every team get excited about what may be, what is to come. Tonight is about those possibilities. Who's going to get that player that changes the fortune of a franchise? And What about round two, three, four, five, six, seven? Could there be a draft like the 74 Steelers? So it's that hope. And that's what yesterday was. It was a very contrived, manufactured exercise in glass half full hope. So buy jerseys, buy tickets, get excited, talk about the Jets. Think about the Jets, forget about the Mets, forget about the Yankees, forget about the Giants, forget about the Knicks, That's right. forget about the hockey. I don't even know if the hockey teams are still playing. Oh, yeah, they are. Think about the Jets. Think about the Jets. All three That's what it is. Oh, they're both playing. The Penguins aren't, so I don't give a shit. Think about the Jets. Think about the Jets. That's what it's about. And they did it. It's mission accomplished. It worked. It worked. Even though
1: there's an element of fugazi to all of it, it worked yeah i i mean sure i mean yeah it's it's it was a show it's new york you know welcome to the big show they set it up and and staged it the way they want to your point you said that yesterday you know a little bit it was a controlled environment it was going to be you know happy and i'm sure they were pretty sure about what kind of questions were going to be asked, maybe by some people. And you're right. They got to a point where, all right, he's elaborated on a few answers. Hey, a few more questions. And they weren't going to let him sit there all day and let people dig in. You know, I think that's very real. But, yeah, he's king of the town right now. Definitely there's a lot of things going on here in New York in the sports. All three hockey teams are still playing. Rangers, Devils, and Islanders. Baseball's is going on. Knicks are in the playoffs. So, but the cover of the newspaper today, Daily News New York Post, it's it's Jets, it's Rodgers. So, he is king of the town. And, you know, I I give him credit for embracing the elephant in the room, too. I do. You know, I, I, I again, this is a gutsy move. I don't know, you know, it, it is. I know he didn't have a whole lot of other options, but still it takes guts to do this. And, you know, I think Rodgers, with his aware, his self-aware, the the his awareness of the perception of him and the legacy that, you know, he he's he's there to win a Super Bowl. You know, I know he's probably he's trying not to say he's a savior, but this is like this is one way to get him back into the whoa. You know, we've kind of like downplayed Aaron Rodgers the last year or two. Didn't win the Super Bowl, didn't get to the Super Bowl. Like his legacy has taken a hit a little here. He goes here in the New York Jets and gets to a Super Bowl, wins to a Super Bowl. We start talking about him in a different way once again. We put him back up there with Mahomes and and that guy, all those kind of conversations again. So, you know, I, I do give him credit for embracing that. I do it'll be fun to watch and as i said earlier this week i'd love to see jets packers
0: in las vegas for super bowl 58 <laughs> it would be awesome but but i don't see it happening well yeah i really don't Right? i mean if i were one to bet i would bet against it because he's landed in a conference where all the great quarterbacks are where all the best teams are you got the 49ers and the pack and the eagles excuse me the packers hope For now, the 49ers and the Eagles, the top two teams in the NFC. In the AFC, it is a scrum. And those playoff games are razor thin, bounce of the ball here, quirky little thing there. I mean, the Bengals had the Chiefs beaten. They had them beaten. It felt like the Bengals were going to win that game, and then it turned. So, And even then, look, Jets, they're not the favorites to win the division. The Bills are. they got to play them twice. Dolphins twice. Patriots twice. Patriots' odds are actually sinking a little bit. And... We made this point earlier in the week. When you look at the schedule, every team from the AFC West, every team from the NFC East, it may only be one team that comes out of that division for the postseason. You may have to win it to get in. So the re- reality is going to set in at some point, and the next step of reality will be the schedule when we can start to do the Mike and the Mad Dog exercise. That's a win. That's a loss. That's a loss. That's a loss. And it all just becomes real, and you can see it. You know, oh Jets, everything's great. Oh week one, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, right. We'll worry about that when we get there. Everything's still great, and so uh, it's gonna be. It's gonna be a fun ride. It's good for the NFL. It's good for the Jets. It's good for everyone, unless and until the Jets are two and eight, and they still have four more <laughs> nationally televised games, and Aaron Rodgers has an ankle sprain or a broken collarbone or whatever, and he's not playing. Other than that. It it's reason to be very optimistic about what happens now.
1: Yeah, now that schedule, that schedule, like you said, it's real. What September is real, like we always talk about. You and I, you know, that's another reason I think you make the trade. You get it done. You get them there. We got to hit the ground running. By all due accounts, we might be on, you know, Monday Night Football to start the year with a really tough game. And the next week, we might be in, you know, the Big Four Twenty Five game with a playing one of the better teams in football. So I think those are other reasons. Maybe you paid that premium to get the trade done, to get things rolling that way. I do. But, Mike, to your point, too, and I'm serious. I know I brought this up yesterday, but like I had you know every Jets fan in the world yesterday that I saw. What do you expect next year? What do you expect next year? What do you expect next year? What do you think? What do you think? The team is as good as it's it's been in I don't know how long. I mean, I don't know. It's as good as it's been since the early 2000s or at least Parcells in the end of the 90s. It hasn't been better, or okay? maybe Rex Ryan and that group there. But like, in all due seriousness, is the I don't think the AFC has ever been better. I, I'm 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 like it's the '70s. It's never been better since the '70s. This is the best I I can remember, and I I know football from the '80s on, and you know have been obsessed with it. And then the AFC East, I, I don't has the AFC East ever been this good? I don't really ever remember it ever being this good. Where it's like, whoa, all four teams are like legit. There's no doubt about it. Rosters, everything. So that's where it's hard for the expectations to your point, Mike. It's like, I, I don't know what to expect. They're damn good. But holy crap, quarterbacks and teams and everything in the AFC right now.
0: The reality is the Jets didn't make this move to try To win a Super Bowl I think they made this move to try not to sink to the bottom of the standings to sink to the bottom of the conference they have to try to compete they have to try to at least be in the conversation without Aaron Rodgers they're not in the conversation with Aaron Rodgers they are in the conversation but there's a long way to go and we know what happens especially when you have a lot of great teams seasons are determined by bad call or for the other team involved good call bounce of the ball just that one weird thing that happens in that one weird moment that one play that turns a game around the margins are so thin you can't presume that any of those teams I mean any of those teams or the field take the field even the Chiefs take the field there's too much crazy stuff that can happen to conspire against any one team yes one team will thread all the needles in the postseason and get to the Super Bowl but there's no clear-cut favorite. There's no team you look to and say that's the one. Aaron Rodgers does not make the Jets the one. It doesn't even make the Jets the one in their own division, for crying out loud. Yeah. That's the 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 other side of this optimism. So this is more, hey, we're in it. We're alive. We have a chance. This is a far cry from
1: we're the team to beat. Yeah, no, it it, it is. Now, the pieces are there. The potential's there, I mean it, it, it's legit. Like we we've been talking about, there, there's the roster is it's it's ready to explode. So I do think it's 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 yeah sure not sink to the bottom, but I also think it's we're going all in to win the Super Bowl. I think it can, it can be both there. I don't think it has to be one or the other. I think there's real like wait we got the pieces here to make a run and that's why they were so aggressive and intent on getting this guy cuz they think he's the guy that could do it at least out of the guys that were available out there you know and i can que- i can understand that i'd question the other guys that were out there whether they could take me to the super bowl and win it yeah i think that's fair you know but you know to your point mike too uh, like agreed with everything you say, except uh, you know I'll even add on to that. I think you can. the the The, the conference is so good, and I think you could also peg one team and go bet on it. There's it's not only a great conference. We have a team that's in the middle of a little mini dynasty too. And even with that, we're not going. We're still not like, hey The conference is so good, we can't even pencil you in there. We're not sure. That that's what's crazy. That really is. I mean, I've been going chalk and bet taking the Chiefs against the field the last four years. It's worked out okay, right? You know that. I've kind of said that a few times. But uh, yeah, I mean, to, to what we're saying here, it is. It's pretty unreal, and they got a lot of work to do. They definitely do division, conference, all of it. And we gotta I, we gotta see it to believe it. This is not like Brady and the Bucks and the the AFC South has just got one team and it's a little wiggle room. But but even then, with the Chiefs, and then we'll get back to yeah, the Jets. Yeah, I know.
0: They could have lost, should have lost to the Bengals, could have lost, should have lost to the Eagles. And and what the Jets are going to need, assuming they face that same reality, that at some point they got to muster big play in a big spot, Aaron Rodgers has not been in the postseason the master of the big play in the big spot. Aaron Rodgers right. has been the regular season champ, postseason chump in recent years. And that's just the way it's been. He's been disappointing. He's been too careful. He's been too aware of what it means to his legacy. He gets hypersensitive about making a bad throw, getting intercepted, the politics of the quarterback position, as you say all the time. He's going to have to shed that. And I thought the best way to shed it last year would be get into the postseason field by the skin of your teeth. Then your mindset is nobody expects anything from us. And maybe by the time the playoffs roll around, Jets are the last team in as the seventh seed. Got to go on the road to face the two seed, get lucky, have Aaron Rodgers not be thinking about what it means to his legacy, not supposed to be here anyway, get loose and play like he did in 2010 when they were the last team in, ran the table, won the Super Bowl. So one of the big questions, two of the big questions were addressed yesterday. Is he there beyond 2023, and will he be there for the offseason program that is already underway with the Jets here is Aaron Rodgers addressing both of those questions
2: right now I'm just going to focus on this season and uh, I'm excited about being here I expect to be here uh, for the duration of the offseason and I'm excited to get, to get to know my new teammates and the coaching staff and the organization and and obviously I have a background with coach Hackett and that offense but um, I'm excited about just diving in and being a part of uh, this group and getting to know some of the names of uh, my teammates. And also, I'm excited about working with all you guys. I've heard a lot about the New York media and excited to see what that's all about. I'm going to be here for the foreseeable future. Um, I think it's important. Obviously, I know the scheme that Hack's putting in. There's some tweaks. But I want to get to know the guys and and uh, be around the, the facility. There's a lot of reasons to be here. Most, most importantly, just to get to know the guys and put together some fun events to start that team building, which I think is really important this time of year. When you plan on practicing? Uh, Yeah. Does tomorrow count? Yeah. Yeah, tomorrow. I'll be in there tomorrow. Yeah.
0: Now, he never made an open-ended, unconditional, unequivocal, I'll be here for every single day of the off-season program. He didn't do that. And he had that funny line, does tomorrow count? Well, there isn't practice tomorrow or as the case may be today they're not having otas yet it's still phase one it's not practice i don't even think they can talk to the coaches in the formal setting right. yet right but but the vibe was far different than it's been and it very well could be that he allowed his animosity with the green bay front office to affect his involvement with the team yeah. to get him to stay away as a middle finger to them and it's the old cut off your nose to spite your face it makes him not in position his teammates not in position to be as good as they can be. But he's so pissed off at Brian Gutekunst and company. He's willing to not be there just to piss them off. Or he just doesn't want to be around those guys. Doesn't yeah. want to be there. Doesn't want to be in that building. They're not being good to me. They're not treating me right. I don't want to be there until I have to be. It's the only way I can express my displeasure without getting myself in any trouble. And even two years ago, he, he wasn't there when he was supposed to be at the mandatory minicamp. So different vibe. We'll see if he's there every day. I assume that New York media corps he's so excited to work with will keep us updated on the days they definitely he isn't, will. isn't there. But but it seems like the spirit is willing. He wants to be there. He wants. To, look, he's got to get ensconced in New York. He's got to find a place to live. It's a new reality for him. He said he grew up in a small town in Northern California. He has been in a small town for eighteen years in Green Bay. This is culture shock for a guy who seems very smart and evolved and sophisticated. This is a pretty big change for him. He's not in Kansas anymore. No. So that's part of the transition he's going through
1: as well. Yeah. Right. I mean, we talked about, he was, you know, the king of the castle. It's, it's, it was comfy up there. That's why we questioned whether he would go to Denver last year. Right. During that whole period. We just did. Would he really do that and kind of upset the apple cart that way? Right, but yeah, here you know, forced. I agree with you and some of that offseason stuff you talked about. You know, I I do think that was probably a little bit of a middle finger to the Packers and you know the situation they had put him in. Right, but yeah, it worked against them certainly last year when you have new pieces on the team, young pieces, and you're not there to do that. The years before that, yeah, okay, the team was had some veteran pieces that he knew and trusted, and everybody was on the same page. But yeah. He can't afford that. Now, does he need to be there at every workout and all that? No. I'm not worried about him being, you know, there for every workout. But, you know, the OTAs and a majority of the workouts, yes. Because as you said, you know, we're in phase one. But as you get into phase two, too. Yeah, you can start to do little things on the field and have little meetings, and you start to lay down the groundwork for training camp, which you know of course lays down the groundwork for the regular season. That's where and uh, and and also too with Rodgers, like we were talking about a minute ago, I, I would think you know to your point, yes, it's a new place. Let's get indoctrinated and feel comfortable living here and and everything like that. But uh, let's be real, his legacy has taken a little bit of a hit on the field the last few years. There's no doubt. He's got a real chance here to, like, remind people how awesome he is, and 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 if they do get in the playoffs, that will be like, oh, whoa, damn, Rodgers is, he's still amazing, and if he can let it fly in the playoffs like you were talking about a minute ago and and not be careful and worry about perception, you know, that could change our perception about him here. He's got a chance to, you know, change the way everybody views him here for the last year or two of his career, and... You know, hopefully he takes advantage of uh, all the opportunities to set himself up for success there. Now, during the press conference, he said he's only
0: thinking about this year. During one of the scrums that happened afterward, because he talks to this person, that person, talks to reporters, talks, whatever, he says, this isn't a one and done in my mind. This is a commitment. So, stronger than, and something that should make Jets fans feel good, especially about what they gave up to get Aaron Rodgers it quite possibly isn't a one-year thing he hasn't made the full-throated commitment but it may not be a one-year thing and at one point too he talked about playing into his 40s which implies more than just the year that he turns 40 in December if you play into your 40s you're at least going to be playing until 2024 and that is critical for the Jets you know it was funny I kept the coverage on after the press conference and I love Nick Mangold but It was laughable seeing him twist himself up in knots trying to defend what they gave up to get Aaron Rodgers. Acting like going from 13 to 15 is no big deal. It's a huge deal. 13 overall to 15 overall is a huge freaking deal, Nick. And, oh, well, hey, you know, next year's first-round pick, if it becomes a first-round pick, well, that means we had a great season. No, all it means is he took 65% of the snaps. There isn't even a guarantee you win a single game. You could have a top-five pick. He could miss six games— They could lose a ton of games. They could be in the top five, and as long as he takes 65% of the snaps, that top five pick is going to the Green Bay Packers. It was a bad trade. They got fleeced, and I think that was part of yesterday, too. Let's not spend a lot of time talking about what we gave up to get this guy. Let's make it all positive and future and focus on that. Let's not do any navel-gazing about the fact that he was never playing for the Packers again. The Jets were competing with no one, and they gave up all that stuff because at the end of the day, they wanted him. And somebody raised the point with me, just a reader, with an email that came last night. It makes a ton of sense, and I'd give the person credit if I had the email in front of me right now. But this is on the Jets from the standpoint of they allowed the horse to get out of the barn to the point where it created the expectation they were getting. They had to get him. They had to get him. They had to do it. And it gets back to Woody. I really do think on Monday, Woody said, we just got to get this damn thing done. We got to get this done. Yeah. We yeah. don't need this hovering over us during the draft. We don't need this happening during the draft. The Packers are saying they want to do it done. They want it to be done today or else. I don't want to find out what or else means. We got to get this damn thing done. And, and they did. And they gave up too much. But you're, you're right. Hey, if they win a Super Bowl, it wasn't too much. The question is,
1: how much less than that?
0: makes it too much yeah, that they gave that's up that's right get
1: that's the danger right there, there's a there's a limit where we go yeah that that was not good enough performance and whoa you guys gave up way too much for the results you got back and you know that puts a little more pressure on the situation you know all of them across the board and and, and, and you know I'm, I'm with you too it was it was expensive it was rich you know I, I, like I said yesterday I'm never going to be mad at a team for making a move that they feels like gets them over the top especially at the quarterback position. And the part I don't understand, I can swallow the 13 to 15 thing. It's the the second part that you talked about. That, that's, that's where I, I have a hard time thinking. If the Jets just said, no condition does it go to the first round, and it's just a second-round pick for 2024, I, I feel like the Packers wanted these picks bad. They would have done that no matter what because of all the reasons you explained. He's not playing quarterback there. It's moving on. I think if they just would have waited a little longer in this week, it would have happened. I mean, that just would be my sense in following football, you know, all along. But yeah, something somebody got antsy with the Jets, and I, I'm with you. If you made me bet money, I would bet it's ownership that got a little antsy and wanted to get it done. Uh, expensive, but I'm I'm not mad at them for the move. I'm not. And so, uh, to follow
0: up on what I said earlier this week, in the event that any of the folks out there listening or watching or watching missed it. I think that the Packers were more committed to their nuclear option than the Jets were committed yeah, to theirs maybe. because at the end of the day, Rodgers right. was not showing up and squatting. Rodgers wasn't going to say, I'll take $60 million to sit on the bench. The Packers were willing to do it. The David Bakhtiari thing from a couple of weeks ago that he threw out there as a possibility, I think the Packers were more willing to do it than Aaron Rodgers was willing to go along with getting $60 million to be emasculated and benched and frustrated and stuck Behind Jordan Love, no amount of money would allow him to go through that. And they know him well enough. 18 years. They knew. Full generation. They knew that Aaron Rodgers wouldn't do it, and it worked out well for the Packers. Before we pivot to that, I see this quote from Robert Sala, who, again, was talking, not at the press conference, but in other settings yesterday. Rodgers already went to one of the meetings today and was walking around barefoot, so he's right at home. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I, this guy needs to learn a lesson or two about, you know, how filthy floors are in LaGuardia and New York. Can you fill him in on that? Where are your shoes Aaron. And you never know what you're going to
1: catch And not please that don't facility. pick up a
0: hamburger and eat it. <laughs> yeah, if you drop
1: it at the airport, don't do that. Don't do that. He's comfortable uh, apparently already. All right, good. He's, he's feeling his, you know, his natural vibes and, and all that, whatever. But, uh, it, that facility, that facility's nice, Mike. I mean, that that's the kind of facility there where if you drop something on the floor, you might go, eh, it's pretty damn clean. All right. I wouldn't recommend it, but uh, it's funny to hear that he was walking around with bare, bare feet already.
0: But this is one thing I've learned from my wife. Yeah. Floor is still
1: floor. Floor is floor, no Wherever matter what. you go.
0: Yes. The floor is the floor. Right. All the dirty stuff that every shoe has been in. Is touching that floor? Oh, I guess everything.
1: You. Why does I I'm, I, so don't I don't understand. care how clean it is. The floor is still the floor. I, I'm a big like take off your shoes when you come in my house. Period. That that's the way I am. You know, you know. I like, we at one point lived in Boston, right in downtown the city. Right, people are walking off the sidewalks. You take your shoes off. I don't want that crap. You know, dog crapped on the sidewalk. Kids spit on the sidewalk. They get to walk in my house. Thank you. Thank we you. understand. You got the picture, Yeah. right? We so understand the exactly hazard. Right. Yeah. You're exactly right. Why well, don't understand? <laughs> We're like the only culture in the world that still lets people wear their shoes around their house. You know, it happens a lot, and I'm uh, I'm always kind of surprised about that when I go into other people's houses.
0: My mother was very big on shoes off yes. when you enter the house, right. especially if you come through the front door. And you had to be a member of the presidential delegation of some major country or the pope to enter the front door of the house. <laughs> <That's> Otherwise, <funny. laughs> you had to go around to the back. <laughs> and funny. and the couch, the couch, at one point was covered in plastic. <laughs> she eventually relented okay, and yeah. went with a bed sheet. Because you can't sit with your dirty outside clothes on this expensive fabric that can't properly be cleaned. (laughs) So we're never going to see the fabric. Right. It's going to be covered in a bed sheet, or originally it was covered in plastic. And, And just in case, just in case, we had a runner, a plastic mat that was pointed at a diagonal from the front door to the couch. So... You didn't walk on the carpet with or without shoes on. Jeez. you walked on the plastic right to the couch. Wow, because we had to preserve the carpet. Right, so yep. that was that was life for me. Well, and it sounds like it now, now we thing. know
1: why you're very particular for certain things. Uh, now we know where that came from in life. <laughs> Mama Florio was, but all I over am the one spell. who, but. but but I'm the one who walks in the
0: house with the shoes on, and I have to be reminded to take my shoes off. And, of course, you know, when you have dog that runs around everywhere, in bare feet necessarily, <laughs> all over the house and jumping up on the beds, that's okay. The dog gets a dispensation. Now, I never had a dog growing up for reasons that just would be obvious to anyone. Mom didn't want a dog anywhere right. around, right. furniture, carpet, house, anywhere. Yep. But but Macy macy found her way into jill's heart from day one so macy macy could run through laguardia and come straight home and run into uh, the bedroom and jump up oh uh, yeah not she here not the, not at the, not at at the, the household
1: no way dog knows he a lot on the couch right my dad will come over every now and then and he 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 loves the dogs and he loves when they love him and he tries to get them on the couch and when he, if I'm in the room, they literally look at me and start shaking when he starts to try to bring them on the couch because they know, like, usually uh, that guy usually smacks me when I'm on the couch. I don't know how to do that. Uh-huh. <laughs> Corporal punishment for the dogs? Yeah, they get a smack no! on the ass if they're on our couch, right. Uh, hey, Mama Florio, we didn't put plastic on our damn couches here. So, And then we live on a farm, so they, they can't be on our damn couch because there's lots of things on the grass outside of our... Property and house there,
0: (laughs) you know your favorite saying: "Can't hide money. You can't hide money with a bedsheet. You just put a bedsheet on top of it. (laughs) Not that it was an expensive couch. (laughs) That's the thing. It wasn't an expensive couch, but it was the one we had, so it was the nicest couch in the world. Okay, the one that Rogers had was the Green Bay Packers for eighteen years. Now this is where it got weird yesterday. This is where it got uncomfortable, because and I really do think and 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 look, I've been nice so far." I've restricted, I've restrained, I've self-edited. There's one thing I've been wanting to say, one snarky thing I've been wanting to say for the 45 minutes. I can't. What? Well, I can. I mean, I'm (laughs) capable of it. Okay, I just can't. I mean, look, we know about Aaron Rodgers' relationship with his family. We we never talk about it, but we know it's fractured. And we know he and his brother have had issues, and his brother has publicly antagonized him yeah. this isn't some new revelation right and when he said yesterday of nathaniel hackett i love him like a brother how could you not think to yourself well not my own brother so, I mean, that that's what I've been wanting. I just, I mean, every I I, 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 time yeah. I hear him say something like that, I think about the whole, and I hope for him that he gets reconciliation at some point with his family. Everyone should have that. Everyone should have strong family ties with parents and siblings. And it's, it really is sad. I'm not saying that in a sarcastic way. My hope for him and for everyone. And I think we all should have this in our lives. And this is my public plea. This is my PSA. This is the last little piece of community service. I'm kidding. I haven't gotten in any trouble anytime recently. Please, please, if you're having any doubt right now, make that call to the family member. Reconcile, be the bigger person. It's all about ego, it's all about pride. Be the bigger person and repair that family relationship. You will regret it if you don't. Okay. Now I feel better about being an asshole. Now, uh it did get it did get weird when he decided to delve into the he said, she said yeah. about his narrative that he's tried to craft, his very careful narrative that, remember, and this is the, I got to give you the background. I'm sorry to go on so long, but I got to give you the background. What he said to Pat McAfee six weeks and a day ago, hey, they made it clear I had a spot as long as I wanted one. And I went into my darkness retreat, 90% retired, and I came out and the world had changed. They no longer wanted me. They were shopping me. Well, Brian Gutekunst cut against that by saying, I tried to call this guy over and over again, and he wouldn't call me back. That cuts against the narrative of, well, you know, everything was fine until it wasn't because Gutekunst is trying to have a conversation with him about 2023, and Rodgers is ghosting him. So maybe it's not Aaron is the victim. Maybe it's not, hey, Packers fans, feel bad for Aaron. Maybe you should feel bad for the team. Maybe Aaron's the one who's trying to concoct this thing to make the team look bad. That's the background for yesterday when Aaron felt compelled to get into the weeds to get granular over whether or not he was ghosting Brian Kudukunst. Have him, here it is, have him uh, explain himself as he did yesterday.
2: Well, I mean, I don't know if I need to really get into the specifics. Um, I will say people that know me, uh, I'm fortunate to live in a, in a beautiful house. The only downside is I have very limited cell service. So if you want to get a hold of me, I have to see your face. you got to FaceTime me. Uh, so the only response to, to the communication thing is there's, you know, records in your phone about who called you, when, FaceTime, and there wasn't any specific FaceTimes from any of those numbers that I was looking at. Um, that's neither here nor there because we're now we're at this position. Um, obviously, that's somehow, you know, what uh, – the direction they wanted to go, as far as they couldn't, the story they couldn't get a hold of me, which led for this to to be the case. My point was, if if there was a change that wanted to be made, uh, why wasn't that told to me early in the offseason? Did you try to face time?
1: Um,
2: let's uh, let's move on from that. I
1: think uh, certainly we try to communicate, um, but I don't really know what to say to that. But um, you know, um, well, we wish him well. I'm glad that it's finalized. And um, we're kind of moving forward. Were you aware that he had cell phone reception issues in Malibu? Yeah. Yes.
2: Um, we're not going to get in those details. Just, I understand the question, and um, you know we we try to communicate
1: on a number of levels. Um, once we couldn't, we communicate with his agents quite a bit. So, um, you know, we're not. I'm not going to get into that. I think that's uh, um, it's not good for us, not good for them, and we're going to just kind of move forward. But um, I appreciate the question. But uh, there was no lack of effort and communication on that that part from us.
0: Yeah, I'm Team Packers on this one. I don't believe what Aaron Rodgers is saying for a second. And I thought it was funny, a couple of things. First, he says, I don't want to get into the specifics. And then he gets into the specifics. All the way down to the bottom of the last detail of the specifics. And also, Chris, I don't know if you noticed this. The whole time he's explaining what happened, Robert Sala is sitting there with the demeanor of a guy who just wants this specific part of the press conference to end <laughs> please god let this part of it end because let's apply common sense they had an 18-year relationship with this guy surely they've communicated with him in the offseason i doubt they had any trouble talking to him last year or he had any trouble talking to them when they gave him 150 million dollar cash flow over three years on his new contract it's not all that hard to get somebody and if you're living in a house where you have bad cell service, what the hell? He's got enough money. Buy a cell tower. Make it look like a palm tree. I was in Arizona, Super Bowl. I saw a cell tower that was disguised as a palm tree. It was awesome. <laughs> so that's on you. Don't give me this nonsense that, well, you know, I have bad cell service. If you want to get me, you have to FaceTime me. They know how to get him, and they tried to get him. They can get in touch with his agents. They knew how to get him, and they tried to get him. And Aaron's cock- concocting this this false narrative to support his false narrative that he's the victim in all this, it's a two-way street. Yeah, there's blame right. on both sides. Oh, Don't okay. try to make it look like you're the victim when it's a two-way street.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. It's definitely, I mean, fishy. I'm with you and that 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 sentiment. There it doesn't really add up. You're right. The relationship's too long, right? If it was only right, the only way that the way they could reach you is FaceTime, I mean, I would think they would know that as far as as long as the relationship has been. Right and yeah, you know, I, you know there, there's yeah there's definitely some things to pick apart there in that conversation. I don't know what happened there. What is it? Did Rodgers feel ghosted by them early in the off season that he just uh, towards the the end of this process he ghosted them back and was like, okay, wait, you didn't want to communicate with me early on, so now I'm going to leave you in the dark here at the end. I, I, that's what it kind of seems like. Kind of trying to sift through this, but yeah, it's. You know, it just uh, this is where Rodgers gets himself in trouble a little bit. And I wish this is times where for as much as I love him being honest here, I wish he would just be honest, take it on the chin and move on with life uh, instead of trying to finagle some narrative here like he's doing.
0: I just wonder whether some people are so smart, they start to believe their own bullcrap. But I really think this was about leaving Green Bay and not being regarded as the bad guy. The team is the bad guy. The team is the reason this didn't happen. That's my take on the narrative he tried to hatch with McAfee six weeks and a day ago. The idea is, hey, you know what? I was done. I was 90% done. They told me, you still have a spot, and that's fine. I was 90% done, and I was likely going to come out of that Darkness retreat, 100% done. And then I find out that they're shopping me, that they're considering trading me. Hey, what's this all about? That's when it changed. So don't blame me, Packers fans, now that I'm playing for the Jets and not playing for you. If the Packers hadn't reneged on the impression they created, I would have just retired. And that's what every team wants its great quarterback to do. Jim Ursay tried to speak it into existence by telling Rob Lowe about it with Peyton Manning 11 years ago, if we remember that. remember Rob Lowe had a five-minute stint as an NFL insider when yeah. he said Peyton Manning was going to retire. The Patriots would have preferred that Tom Brady retire. You always want that great quarterback to retire, not go play somewhere else and make you look bad. The Packers wanted him to retire, and that's what he probably assumes the fans wanted. So he looks like the bad guy because he moved on. But I, yeah, that's where that all came from. It's this big convoluted mess. And it's all about Aaron Rodgers not being regarded as the villain. Because look, Chris, if he stays for next year, and the Jets and the Packers finish in the same spot in their respective divisions, and there is a 25% chance of that happening, not 12 and a half, somebody emailed me about that the other day. One team has a 100% chance of finishing in one of those four spots. Once that's locked in, Other team has a 25% chance of landing in the same spot. If they're in the same spot, it's Jets at Packers next year. And he was there playing quarterback when Brett Favre was booed loudly every time he set foot on the field and every time he had the ball in his hands in his return to Lambeau Field in his second year after leaving the Green Bay Packers. And I think that's what he's trying to avoid. Yeah. Plain I, simple. I, I don't. That's I, what this is all about. If right. our pads ever cross again, I don't want to be the guy who got treated the way Brett Favre did.
1: Yeah, but probably. And that's probably what's leading to this. And, and that's where I just, again, you know, as a guy that, that likes Aaron Rodgers, as you know, and, and has such great respect for his game, where that, that's where I just, yeah, I wish he didn't do that stuff. You know, because at the end of the day, Really, he, he didn't have to. He just If he would have just kind of been the villain here, the, the the big picture of this is still the Packers messed it up. The big picture of this is they traded away Devontae Adams. The big picture of this is they never get anybody in free agency or draft anybody to help Aaron Rodgers. So that's where if he just would have been honest about that stuff, I think the whole football would have gone, yeah, they've screwed you over a lot. You're right. They actually screwed you over better more than any awesome quarterback in the history of football and we would have been okay with it but then he does this and that makes you know some people not like him or whatever else or question his motives and all that and uh, that's where i just go man you don't aaron you don't need to do it it's unnecessary you know green bay was the one that messed this up and now you're giving them wiggle room to make it look like you messed it up by the way you've kind of handled it and I feel
0: like in recent years he has gotten away from that degree of sensitivity to what others think. He's leaned into this villain status. He's embraced conspiracy theories that are polarizing by definition. I'm not saying whether they're right or whether they're wrong, but they're polarizing by definition. That's why I thought yesterday was going to get interesting. Who's going to ask him the question about being A potential 9-11 truther as he's sitting next to a guy whose brother was in one of the World Trade Center towers on 9-11 and escaped because he was below where the plane hit. And that was the moment that Robert Sala had his epiphany that I'm going to do something with my life that I want to do because I got only one life and it can end at any time. Right. I was I don't know. Was somebody going to ask him about that? Was somebody to ask him about his his belief that big pharma and, and think about how crazy this is. And this is what the Jets are getting. And we didn't hear any of it yesterday, but we very well might because we've heard it in the past. He believes, and he said this, I am not putting words in his mouth and I am not mischaracterizing it. He said he believes that big pharma, Pfizer, Moderna, and Johnson & Johnson instigated people like us to vilify him. When he lied to everyone about being vaccinated, deliberately played word games by saying, yeah, I've been immunized. His belief is that the reaction to what he said, the criticism to what he said is not organic and natural and authentic. It's instigated by Pfizer, Moderna and the very company whose money is flowing through the owner of the Jets and going into his pocket. And that's the new quarterback of the New York Jets. And there's nothing wrong with us pointing it out because he's already said it, Chris. That's what's that's the one thing about this whole picture that makes me think, man, it can go in a lot of different directions.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, listen, stuff like that doesn't usually come up at football, you know. Football is usually the, the people stay out of that type of talk and and all of that. But yeah, it's it's a little bit of the elephant in the room, you know, but Hey, you know I, where I want to go? Yeah, as weird as that is, your connection with nine eleven, and yeah, the you know getting after the big pharma and all that. You know, some of those thoughts align with the owner's thoughts and who he supports politically too. So I I don't know. Maybe I I don't know what to think. Who knows? The world's crazy. Well, well, the world's crazy. I don't know what point. to think. You know, I could go down examples yeah. and say how the whole world's crazy right now. So I don't I don't know. I uh, mean, wow, well, yeah, wow.
0: Well. Yeah. Here's my broader point. Here's my yeah. broader point, though. And, and this is where I was going before I got off track a little bit. I feel like he's getting to the point where he doesn't care what other people think. But he still does enough to, like, get into this this weird tit-for-tat. He's protecting the Packer fan base. base that's conference. the only thing
1: he seems to care about, I think, is what you're saying. Well, well, yeah, well maybe. no. Uh,
0: he's he's protecting himself from the, yes. from the venom of the Packer right, fan base. Right, that's right. That's right, right. He still worries about what they think. Yeah. Okay. My point is this, and he's not 40 yet, and I hope for him, I hope for him two things. Number one, he repairs any fractured relationships in his life. And number two, at some point, he truly gets to the point where he does not care. Because I think that level of sensitivity that's still there to criticism causes him to get himself into bad spots. Because if we just all embrace, and this is PSA part two, let's just embrace the fact that we're all flawed, that we're all human, that we're all a little bit effed up right? And just be who we are. Because it's when we try to be something who we aren't is when we start down these paths where all this crazy weird stuff happens that allows us to spend 15 minutes talking about this strange back and forth over cell phone service and FaceTime and who tried to call whom. And it's a ridiculous waste of everyone's time. If we just own who we are and be who we are and accept these circumstances, life's a lot easier for everyone, including us. Okay, Chris, that's all the Aaron Rodgers content for today and it's still again half the show the back half of the show focuses exclusively on the draft starting with Will Levis the Kentucky quarterback addressing the internet rumors that caused his odds to be the first overall pick to improve dramatically earlier in the week that and more when this draft day edition of PFT Live continues right after